All right. We're on. So, Sons of Hunt podcast episode number 16. How about it? 16. Yeah. I got to turn the volume off on there. All right. More volume. More volume on the camera? Yeah. Justin Lotz said that. I don't think we we can. No, I think that's the best we got. Let me see. uh... How's it sound now? Sounds okay. Yeah. Well... <clears throat> That's the best we could do, but uh, here we are, episode 16. We are going to start off with the beer review because I have been dying all week with this in my refrigerator to not drink it. We uh, we visited this brewery uh, last week called Beer Tree. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of the town that it was in, but it was just uh, north of Binghamton. Uh, and Port Crane. Port Crane. Yeah, with the gigantic... Uh, can I can read it right on the side. <laughs> yeah, that's all they had was the crawler. So yeah. uh, hopefully you guys are having a beer with us. And uh, yeah, this is pretty cool. I don't know if yeah. you'll be able to see it or not, but look at the color on that, and that's just super cool. It's like pineapple juice. Yeah, but anyway, um, I ha- I had to get a crawler of this just because it was so different, and yeah. it was uh, it's called. Double pineapple creamsicle, and it's a, a double IPA, and it is, to me, I I was blown away with this beer. It's, it's different. It is. It is. Yeah, I, that was the first thing that you said, and um, yeah, that that was kind of how I described it too. And this was the first one that I've had uh, brewed with lactose mm-hmm. that. I said, okay, so this is what this is all about. I was just going to say the same thing. Like the last one we had, the milkshake IPA, we were both like, all right, I don't know where the milkshake comes in on this. This, you definitely taste it. So it was kind of like a flyer. I mean, the last one that, uh, the, the last one we took, we we're like, maybe this is just an oddball because we've never had one before. So it's kind of yeah. hard to really reference. There was nowhere to we set the bar. So, um, yeah, this is really cool, man. This is good stuff. Yeah, and uh, I would 100 percent recommend if you're local get up to beer tree yeah I, I don't know i had like four or five different beers while i was there and uh every single one of them was good they had an orange cream sickle that was not as good as the pineapple one but still pretty impressive uh <laughs> sean wants to know if this is a hunting show or a beer tasting well a little bit <clears throat> i don't like to be pigeonholed sean yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, we we talk about a little bit of everything, but, uh, back to this beer, uh, this lactose, these IPAs brewed with lactose. I I didn't get it at first, but this one, and I know that anyone who's a beer fan is thinking creamsicle and beer (laughs) shouldn't be in the same sentence. Right, right. But this is still hoppy like you still get that, yeah, yeah. that hoppiness it, to it it's not overwhelming though it's not like uh you know again i think that the ibu train has left the the station i haven't seen any really beer company marketing their ibus anymore so i mean mm-hmm. i would say this would be very mild um if i were to take a gander at it but it's really easy i mean to drink. it's just under nine percent alcohol it doesn't taste that way it doesn't taste boozy <clears throat> yeah and uh yeah while we're <laughs> 
we're doing this live session slash beer review. Um, you guys could comment or, or ask us questions, any, anything you want, just let it fly. Uh, let us know how your season's been going, what you've been seeing. We're getting to that point in the season now where, you know, things are going to start heating up. Yeah, so. it's starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, you know, it's funny you see all these these Facebook posts like, oh, the rut is here, the, the rut is here. Rut's on, rut's <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, they're definitely chasing. In fact, I was on my way up here. I was coming up the road, um, and a small basket eight-pointer was pushing a doe across the road right in front of me. So <laughs> That's my uh, – my dog is pulling around my. Uh, hey, what do you got there? My umbrella for my tree. All right, I'm gonna take that. Yeah. I think you got the rest of it. Oh, you brought the rest of it here. Well, there's ah. the <clears throat> wouldn't be Sons of the Hunt podcast without a dog interruption. Right, right. But uh, yeah, there's there's deer chasing all over. I've I've seen a couple buck behind the house already. A couple nice ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saw so that picture when he was kind of rubbing up on the bush there. Yeah, in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah, so it's happening. I mean, we're, we're getting there for sure. Um, there we go. All right, I'm losing stuff here. Yeah, we're we're actually fairly organized uh, normally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all over the place tonight. So this is uh, another Facebook Live that we're doing. That actually, everyone we've done so far has been pretty cool, and it's turned out pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think was it last last podcast we were kind of kicking around the whole. Uh, why do you hunt thing? Yeah. You know, we're like, all right, how we should maybe try and do something with this. You know, it's such a, a complex thing, but it can kind of be simple at the same time. You know what I mean? It all depends on how deeply you, you run with it. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure if I'm going to. I'm not sure what he's got, though. That's the dog again. He's oh, killing me. I got gotcha. you. I'm ready to lock him in the, in his uh, in his bed there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm still not sure if I'm uh, ready to completely answer that i'm gonna really have to sit down and yeah. write it down and see well, if i can put a, together I, a cohesive thought on that i've tried it and i was like okay this is i, I kind of stalled out with it yeah. um but as far as you know like the the skin and the surface of it you know uh fun <laughs> fun food tradition that kind of stuff uh figure if there's anybody watching if you got a comment on that you want to throw something out there maybe we'll do something a little more formal on that yeah, because uh, I mean, why the, you hunt things? Like, that's a pretty cool question <clears throat> to pose. Yeah, wh- why you hunt is is such it's such a simple question with what I feel is a, an extremely complex answer. Yeah, you know, there's 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 certain intangibles that are just like you know, you hunt because it's it's an instinct. It, it's right. it's just you know, it's in you. You know that all your ancestors were hunters or gatherers of some kind so i mean it's there the the innate ability to be able to go out and gather or hunt your own food is just something that's in you so i mean starting at the primal level like that i mean that's why that that's a that's a biological answer right it gives uh, you a bit of a selective advantage to the mates <laughs> sure does the ladies dig it man that's your fitness. That's you can, that's the literal definition of fitness in in biology in in a, in a biological sense. You know, it, who, the who's going to win? Pretty yeah. much. But uh, yeah, the the best hunters demonstrate the they most. Get fitness. the ladies, man. Those it's, big Neanderthal ladies. The the biggest, that most mature deer <laughs> breeds the does. That's, that's how it, it. goes. And uh, <clears throat> again, that 
carries into life there. <laughs> My battery transcends. But is that, uh, is that strip on right there? Uh, yeah. Mm. Where you plugged into? The uh, yeah, there. Give us a second here. I still got some juice. It just popped up to tell me my battery was dying. There we go. Jay's plugged in. Jay's good. We're good. Jay's plugged into the matrix now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I've uh, I was out. I did a little hunting tonight. Yes, you did. How'd that turn out for you? Not the way I wanted, but it w it wasn't a complete failure. I got to uh, give the ritual the first shot. I got to I got a nice shot at a coyote at about geez I don't know 20 yards maybe maybe not even but uh ritual did its thing and that was that was uh that was really all I wanted to to do was just let an arrow go out of that you know mm -hmm. but yeah he didn't go far it was a good shot but it did what it was supposed to so it's been tough though trying to get a, a doe in front of me I, I just <laughs> yeah they're 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 kicking me this year I, I don't know I've I've had I've had some in range, but not the range that I, I'm really comfortable with. I'm looking for, uh, you know, just a, like a, a layup, pretty much. Sure. I, want, I want something at 20 yards. I could have shot doe at 40 already, but there's I just don't think there's any reason to take a shot like that yet. It'll it'll happen. <laughs> All right, All right. he's 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 really driving us crazy tonight. Uh, he's it, fine. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got a shot at one yesterday. I had a small doe come in under my stand yesterday, and uh, she just spent way too much time milling around. And yeah, that tripped that trigger, man. And I was like, all right. And uh, yeah, I just kind of made a mistake. My bow clipped off the, uh, the rail on the tree stand, and I hit her a little high. So, I mean, I thought for sure it was still a good shot, but because she was only like 15 yards. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have much time to really stray off line, but. Uh, it was enough to she ran further than I would like to see, but uh, yeah, I went tractor all day today. And got to the edge of the property where I needed to cross over to a neighbor's property, and they said nay. So I lost the deer, unfortunately, yeah, they're, they're which is a bummer. Much, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, once once you kind of get shut down, there's there's not much you can do. You don't want to be yeah, bugging people, just but to, I mean, to be sure, I mean, there was like a field that she ran through where I last saw her. And uh, it's high grass, so there's a lot of beds. So I just walked back and forth and gridded out and checked every single bed for blood to see if maybe she bedded it and, you know, maybe she's just over here. And I mean, I really, I spent three hours in a small field searching for, uh, you know, a bloody bed and nothing. I think she immediately crossed over into that property. I mean, if I looked hard enough, I probably could have seen her laying from the property line, but it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. Yeah, there, there's no worse feeling than, you know, knowing or, or at least thinking that an animal has gotten to waste you know i mean in in your case I, you you hope that you know maybe the deer made it yeah well that's, that's what you know the, the the guy who owns the property i was hunting on he's like i won't be surprised if i send you a picture of this deer on my trail camera yeah so it was just a weird situation i couldn't replay the film because uh the tree was too big to get my camera arm in so i could get the strap around the tree I had to change arrows last minute before the season started, so I don't have Luminox to fit those arrows. So it was kind of like a, which isn't bad. I mean, it's just, I didn't have Luminox 10 years ago. I still right. did it then. It was fine. Right. But, uh, you know, they definitely do spoil you a little bit when you can really confirm that shot Yeah. Uh, by I, seeing that arrow hit, you know? I don't even remember what it was like trying to track an arrow without a, 
polite and knock on it. Yeah. But I have a feeling it, it's it would be difficult now. More difficult than it was then, just because I'm Maybe. spoiled at Maybe. this point, you know? Maybe. I mean, like, like I said, I, I, was, I tracked her last night after the shop, but it was late. It was right before dark. So once I realized that, you know, the situation, um, I was like, I'm backing out. Come back in the morning. I didn't want to push her. Right. Um, came back the next morning, and, yeah, no go. So that's the first deer I've lost in 30 years since I started hunting. That's... So I guess I, I actually did okay for <laughs> Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but it still doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, tough. What's up, Darby? Darby Dominguez. What's up, man? Who's out? He's on there now, yeah. Sean, okay. uh, I want to say it's Mazurka. Am I saying that? I hope so. Yes, you're right, man. It is a, that's, you got to reach deep for that one. Yeah. I think I might have gone premature with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what we hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Swing it for the fences right out of the gate. Um, yeah, I was trying to throw a couple topics out there for uh, out of thirty. Yeah. If that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's. Yeah. No, I mean, I've I I hit one years ago, and it's funny because it happened the same way, and that's why I was so con- concentrating on that rail. Mm-hmm. It was a ladder stand, and there's a rail in front of it. So, and I looked at it, I'm like, I gotta make sure I lean out farther than that. But when I drew on her, she was a 25. And when I shot, she was at 15. She turned and came straight at me and then went broadside again. So I went from here to here. And, I mean, I barely just clipped the, the padding with my cam. And yeah. it didn't, like, whack off of it. It just, right. you know, just enough to move that arrow about three or four inches. And that was enough. Yeah, but, so, I'm, yeah, I'm in the club now. Uh, and it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, wait wait till it happens on, you know, a, a three and a half, four and a half year old deer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, uh, you know. not a good feeling that has yeah, happened to me I, I, it twice. It sucks. You know, I can't imagine, you know. There was a, there's a, there's a big eight pointer that had been going in and out of that stand. And that's exactly what Gary's like. He's like, well, it could have been a lot worse. could have been that big fat eight pointer. <laughs> it's like we'd be on that guy's property like it or not. Yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah. I, I mean. <clears throat> I feel like I've exhausted the the words to to describe that feeling just mm-hmm. in you know with that that deer I hit what was that two years ago now or no yeah two years ago two years ago yeah and it's just man it just kills you it's the worst yeah feeling. it sucks yeah Sean that's a good point uh, he says in New Hampshire fishing game would take over and allow you to look for the deer yeah you know I thought about that but. You know, the the guy whose property I'm hunting, he's a good friend of mine, and I didn't want to cause a lot of friction between him and his neighbor. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, you know, and, and I even talked to him. I'm like, listen, man, I don't want to be the guy that comes on your your farm, shoots a deer, and doesn't recover. You know what I mean? He's like, listen, it ain't worth the trouble. So we made the executive decision to just, you know, call it. But it, yeah. it, as hard as it was to do, you know what I mean? I'm still thinking about it. I thought about it all night. Didn't sleep good. I mean, you'd swear I hit a... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pope and Young, but it's just one of those things, man. I've been so desperate for some venison. I got an empty freezer at home, so that's what hurts the most. I, I'm with you, man. It's 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 getting a little bit ridiculous. I I don't know. I don't remember the last season I, I where I went this long without shooting a doe. Yeah, I mean I've only gotten into stands three times so far. Three, I think. It was the first day. And yeah, I got in one evening and then tonight. Yeah. I mean, I've been out trying to, you know, I've taken my buddy out with a crossbow. He's just starting. So I'm just trying to, uh, you know, kind of show him the ropes a little sure. bit. But uh, it's tough, man. That's cool, though. I mean, that, yeah. that that counts, I think, for two, taking somebody else out and getting them into it. 
You know? Yeah, I mean, there's no point in, you know, he, he has a crossbow, but he's he's also just starting. So, you know, he, he pretty much said he's going to start shooting a bow yeah. at some point, you know, but I think this it's a good way. And I'd, I'd rather take somebody who's willing to learn and, you know, take them out with a crossbow and show them, all right, you know, don't take that shot. All right, you can take that shot. Right, you right. Know, way and you know get them used to this rather than just chastise the person for shooting a crossbow right right so that's what we've been doing we've been kind of messing around and uh it's it's honestly it's been fun just kind of kind of guiding yeah yeah it is it is i take my kid out this first day i took jason out and we went out and uh sat in in a blind but it was warm we saw some deer at the end of the night real far off i mean they weren't even close so he was a little upset of course he's you know he's 10 so he's hunting under the you know, the youth mentor program, which is a cool thing. I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get your kid into it either. I mean, I think the license was like three bucks, yeah. you know, for the youth mentor license. And uh, it gets them out there. Um, so that was the first day. Then I think I had a Saturday where I sat in the rain all day in a blind, didn't see anything. And last night was the first good good sit that I've had. Yeah. Um, you know, that was borderline productive. <laughs> so we're, we'll see. It's going to start cooling off now more consistently. And, uh, a lot more action, a lot more movement, you know, in shooting hours now, I think, than, than there was the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I'm looking at tomorrow's weather and it's not, it's not looking too promising. The, the last couple mornings were so good and I'm kicking myself for not, not going out. But, uh, this dog is just, <laughs> he's on fire. He's just tonight. ridiculous today. He's making awesome. his presence Go lay down. You get all sorts of mascots now for Sons of the Hunt. Yeah, right? Yeah, too, thanks, too Sean. Many. Too Thank many. Thank you. But um, we try. We're trying to set a, a bit of a standard that way as far as uh, being respectful. And, you know, we're not. Mark and I are, we've voiced in the past, both we're not afraid to share our mistakes. Yeah. We screw up. It I happens. Mean, you know, most, most hunters out there have a day that they're probably not real proud of mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's not mm-hmm. because it doesn't make them a bad hunter it's just make sometimes we don't make the best decision when we're under the under that kind of pressure sometimes so it's uh like they say if you don't learn from the mistake it wouldn't make wasn't worth making you got to make them it's the only, it's the only way it. to grow that's it but uh yeah so it's been it's been good man i'm i just love sitting in the tree man so yeah. if i see some deer it's a bonus yeah it's an absolute bonus and i've got uh the 26th I think is my last day of work. Let me see. For your rutcation this year? Yeah, the 26th, and then I'm off the until November 13th. There you so, go. That, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that yeah. span of time. You'll see some content then for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's raining tomorrow, I'm not going to risk taking my, my gear out, Yeah. getting everything wet and, you know, ruining the the rest of my season possibly. I'll – uh. I'll probably get some stuff done around the house. and I, That's know. what I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, I got some things. I'm still in the middle of a remodel, so yeah. I'm still working on that. So I'm going to just kind of cash out right now, do what I got to do at home, so that way when it does get good, I don't have to really worry about, like, uh, should I go today and not tomorrow, or can I go both days? Yeah. You know, so we'll see, man. Hopefully it, it takes a turn. It had to feel good to, to let one fly off the ritual tonight, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been waiting for that for yeah, so long. Yeah, you've been jonesing for a minute now. And I, I've been... I don't know what was going on in the in in that field tonight. Like I said, I, I've been uh, taking my buddy out, and we've been kind of stalking deer around that field. That that's the the farm that I hunt. That's pretty much like overrun. 
with, yeah with there's just so many deer we need to kill a lot of doe up there but uh yeah the other night we had to have seen 40 deer that's know? crazy and uh it was it was nuts it was literally every corner of the field we had deer coming out so i finally got into my doe stand where i i you know i'm sure if anyone follows us they they know that same stance right in the corner of that field i've i have a couple different doe on film that i've taken out of there and uh sure enough they just didn't come out yeah. in that corner tonight and i don't know if it was because of this coyote at one point i was looking up in the woods and i could see some tails moving and they were running around i was thinking that might have been a buck chasing them or something sure i was waiting and then all of a sudden I wasn't even paying attention out in the field. I was looking down into the woods behind me, and I look up, and the coyote was coming right down the field line, just trotting, just the yeah. way, you know, he was moving. And uh, I whipped the camera around, turned it on real quick. I didn't even focus it. I just pointed it out in front of me. Yeah. And before I could even focus it or anything, I thought I had him in frame. He was close. This close. It was just close. out of it. <laughs> but, uh yeah, it was a good shot, but uh, we were talking a little earlier, you know, kind of, that one kind of hurt because he, uh, he howled and cried and. Yeah, it sucks. It, it, it did suck. I mean, I just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just growing soft in my older age here, but <sighs> it was, it was awful just hearing him, you know, howl, but I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a, it was a weird feeling. I've no, shot I've... coyotes before. Yeah. And it hasn't bothered me the way it did tonight yeah and it was a good shot i mean it i almost cut him in half yeah but yeah. The, just the way he was howling and crying and it was just like you know you just start thinking about your own dog at that well, point that's it you know if you enjoyed that kind of stuff you'd be a little bit of a sadistic <laughs> yeah, be, crazy person be an you know issue I mean? there but yeah and, and it's like i said it before man you know a lot of people are like you know coyotes are evil and they're, they're animals man they're they're, they're out there trying to survive thing. just yeah. like everything else but yeah you know, just like hunting deer, I mean, their numbers have to be managed just like the deer, just like the turkeys, just yeah, like, you know. What's, you know, what's predating them. That's it. Not a whole yeah, lot. No. So, you know, we gotta uh, got to keep their numbers down as well. And and that where, you know, like, uh, you know, like Sean says, you know, people don't sometimes really get it while we hunt. That's a difficult question. I mean, it's not all ra- puppies and rainbows. I mean, there's things we have to do sometimes that, you know, don't exactly make us feel good, but it's it kind of has to be done otherwise the end game is going to be off kilter yeah you know and that's kind of one of them yeah and and the, the other thing though you know <laughs> i know you i'm gonna get some shots at me here but i was i was texting my mom after i shot the coyote telling her how i felt and i felt bad you know yeah just crying to my mommy like yep. you know just like a normal <laughs> guy would and uh yeah it, she uh she she pretty much told me to get over it, but man up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I think that that's something that you know I don't know if it's just it's the the stigma of that whole thing, but like there are people that hunt that care and have feelings for animals yeah, too. Absolutely. I mean, we, everyone has that impression of us that we're just like cold blooded killers yeah, and no, savages, but. I mean, like I was telling you today, I caught a mouse at, at work and, and let him go, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things like how many, how many videos have you seen of hunters cutting a deer loose from a fence Yeah, or, my dad uh, did it. yeah, you know what I mean? What, like two years ago. 
you know, a deer in the middle of a lake and they kind of help it get to shore or something like that. Or, you know, I saw one where the deer was on the edge of a river and it couldn't get up the bank. It was so steep, it kept slipping and falling back in the water. Deer on ice. Yeah, deer yeah. on ice. You know, you see that all the time. A, you know, it's, it's, it could, it, it's real simple to take them out when they're at that kind of disadvantage. If you're going to be a, a, you know, a murderous psychopath, well, hey, they're at a huge disadvantage. You're tied up in a, yeah, in a fence. Yeah. You know, but it, it's the fair chase value, I think. Um, that separates us from crazy lunatic psychopath murderers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fair chase and, and the, you know, and ho- just hopefully people realize that. You know, it, it's some do, some don't. Yeah. But. You know, but yeah, that's just the, the the cross we bear, so to speak, in in regard to trying to make that separation. You know what I mean? And I I don't think enough people really jump at the chance to do that. Right. You know, right. Uh, myself included. I mean, you know, I used to shy away from opportunity to have those conversations. But, you know. <laughs> Is that part of the uh, cover for the no, camel that, cover for that? No, that's uh, the dog's got a piece of camouflage. It's it's actually parachute material. Oh, all right. That uh, I sit on during turkey season. It's waterproof, but... All right, well, let's let's wrap up the the first half live session here. Um, I'm gonna go take this away from this dog. <laughs> I don't know, maybe put him in his bed or something. Yeah, that's that's not gonna feel good coming out the other end there, little man. No, he he's he's been derailing my train of thought for the last half hour here. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us. It, it was it was smooth as butter. <laughs> so yeah. you know, no complaints. But uh, yeah, we're gonna wrap it up for the first half, and we'll. We'll be back with the second half. Indeed. In a, in a couple of minutes here. Rough, rough <laughs> night so far. We're, we're we're hitting a lot of turbulence, and most of it is being caused by this little puppy, little four-legged creature. Oh my God, he's a monster! Yeah, he, he's active. He's active. You know, okay. get off. <laughs> he's on my amp now. Are you Sorry, I had to yell. Yep, nope. He's uh he's making his presence known for sure. But uh, no, it was cool. I, you know, the first segment was a uh, was a live segment. We did another live segment, and uh, it was. Pretty cool. Appreciate everybody popping in on us and mm-hmm. checking out what we're yapping about. Uh, had a had a really good beer uh, during the live segment. Yeah, yeah, that was. I, it's it's tough to say, but I mean that I'm obsessed with that beer. Yeah, I don't. I, it's just so different, you know. I haven't tasted anything like that. It's it's a little sweet, but it's still hoppy enough that. It's a good double IPA. Doesn't make you feel like you're drinking a chick's drink. That's that is kind of what it, it is. It's a little bit sweet, but it, that lactose. It's it's just a whole different experience. Yeah, no, it and, was. And I think that's how I described it. I think I posted on a beer group. It's an experience. You just got. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. I it was 
I had a another preconceived no beer. I had a preconceived notion on. It. I'm like, all right, I kind of have an idea just by looking at it. I'm like, I think I know what this is going to taste like. Yeah, not even close. No, it, it's it's unique. That's, yeah, yeah, it was but, low on the citrus and heavy on the cream as the cream sickle thing. So yeah, there was definitely it a was sweetness. smooth. Yeah, it was had a very uh, creamy mouth feel. There you go. <laughs> That's never going away. No, and <laughs> the other thing, there's a, there's a new adjective i'm i'm seeing a lot of people using it pillowy pillowy and it, it is it's it's weirdly like light mm-hmm. i don't know see i'm a big good. fan of I, we, I make homemade gnocchi and pillowy is a very good uh oh yeah now get them light enough gnocchi. yeah yeah but yeah no it was pretty good i drink it again for sure yeah for sure we're kind of moving on to something a little different now I, I think that this beer is going to contrast well against that the last one We've got New Holland Brewing Dragon's Milk. Yeah, I'm late the, to the party on this one. The fabled Dragon's Milk. Yeah, never you know. never had it. I've seen uh, a million and one posts about it and, the, you know, the beer lover group. and Yeah. Um, most, know, I, yeah, most people have, you know, that are pretty big craft beer drinkers have had this. Yeah. And it, it's, it's good. We already know it's good, but it's, uh, you know, something I, I definitely wanted to have on the podcast and get involved with it just because it's so good. It's like, yeah. you got, you got to have it. Well, I said, this is a new one for me. Uh, this is one that uh, I have not had yet. So, so did you, even, did no, you I didn't even try it yet. No, okay. I figured I'd wait until we were rolling and, uh, go from there. Oh, it smells real heavy. It, it actually smells real boozy. It's not. I really, didn't drink it yet, but I'm it's not like, really heavy. I, I wouldn't describe it as heavy. That's Oscar walking through uh, some wrapping. You paper. can definitely taste the bourbon in it, like the bourbon barrel aged. Right, but it's good because I don't I don't like liquor. I don't drink yeah. a lot of liquor, and that's it's got a little bit of a resemblance to it, but it's not like you know I'm not like my chest isn't heating up as right. it's going down. Right, right. <laughs> um, that's actually pretty good, man. I love. That's got that real good coffee coffee taste it, it does have a, a good coffee flavor but my favorite part of this beer is, the, is that little aftertaste that's almost like a brown sugar yeah like caramely aftertaste yeah, oh, yeah. I love like it. chocolatey maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe not chocolate um see we, we keep using all these sweet yeah yeah sweet but it's not it's adjectives. not real sweet it's not it, it's just i don't know like uh if you like what do they call it? like you know that the 60 percent chocolate the 70 percent cacao or whatever they call it for the chocolate cacao is it cacao <laughs> Cacao, uh, I yeah, know. <laughs> you know the cacao. The, the so uh, the yeah, fabled it's, cacao it's, tree. It's yeah the cacao tree. <laughs> <laughs> cacao. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but uh, the yeah it's, the other it's, thing that's nice about this is eleven percent. Not you, really. <laughs> we, we've well, only had a couple of steps. about to really get loose. <laughs> the cacao. But, yeah, the cacao. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the almost like a semi sweet chocolate, like a semi dark chocolate or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it's like reminding me of. But I love coffee, so this is kind of hitting uh, a special note for me. So I forget who I was talking to about the dragon's milk the other day, and I said, "Oh, well, you know what? I Bridget and I were sitting on the couch. We were we were watching a movie, and I was drinking one of these, mm-hmm. and I was drinking it, and I, I was halfway through it." And I said, taste this real quick. And she tasted it. And I said, she's like, it's good. I, I like it. She she likes coffee. And I don't, I'm don't. i not a coffee drinker, so 
I don't really get a lot of coffee out of this because if it tasted like straight coffee, I would not like it. Right. Well, I'm a I'm a cream and sugar guy in my coffee, so uh, I drink black coffee. You know, if I'm at a friend's house and that's what we're drinking, well, then that's what I'm going to drink. I, right. It doesn't bother me. I don't mind it, but I prefer cream and sugar. Um, so this is kind of again, you know, this is boy, it's I don't want to misrepresent with it tasting like cream and sugar and chocolate and and stuff like that no, it, it, it doesn't play you, you know i tell you that bourbon is definitely there man yeah it, it's the bourbon barrel aged stout yeah that that bourbon barrel is definitely present but not overwhelming and i love that it's it's a a malty sweetness on the end that's that's delicious yeah but like i was saying with bridge and i were watching a movie on the couch the other day and she took a sip of it and she liked it, and I said, "No, do you want me to ruin it for you?" <laughs> and, and I might ruin Dragon's Milk for everyone right now. If if you're drinking a Dragon's Milk, get about halfway through Please it. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> and think of a a rum and Coke, and the Coke is flat. Mm, okay, I'm gonna have to take another sip of that because I've drinking rum and Cokes before. I don't really care for them. It ruins it. It's not that it ruins it, but I, I, I get where you're going with it. But it's it, like it's not bad. It doesn't taste bad. No, 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 no. It just just get that thought out of your head. Yeah, Pretend yeah. I never said it. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge stout drinker. Sounds like he's destroying. More than I. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's a Oscar paper of some sort. Um. Oh, is this your little your flashlight charger tool thing? That is? Um, I don't know. It's like a, I, I was able to. I have no idea. Oscar is image. ripping something apart. Oh, yeah. He shredded this good. No, it's a. Uh, oh, it's your rangefinder. The Halo rangefinder. Oh, all right. He's pulling <laughs> Not stuff. the rangefinder itself, just the booklet. I, I think I know how to use it for the most part yeah. so far. Well, he's busy. But anyway, Hi. beer is good. We like beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people that listen to this podcast also like beer. And that's why we have. A sponsor for the beer review section of the podcast. Indeed, and indeed, it is Tavor. It's the, I would say, the premier craft beer delivery app. Absolutely, would that be uh, an, an accurate way of describing it. Oh, 100 percent. And I think it might be one the biggest for sure. I don't know of many others that are out there. To be honest with you, so it might be the only one floating about. Um, I mean, pardon me. I'm pretty excited. We have our uh, our first crate on its way now we already have our next one filled up and ready to rock um we had to delay shipping because we're going to be out of town when it's supposed to be coming uh, we're going to be in vegas so uh yeah i'm really waiting for it because that's when all the uh, a lot of the uh anchorage brewing company a lot of their stuff is going to be in it yeah yeah they're um, going to be the sole distributor of for anchorage brewing yeah, that's it if awesome. you haven't had anything from anchorage brewing company i actually just commented on a, a, a thing today they have a new shapes or something like that i forget what it's called but yeah uh, i did i did see that it was, it was a double ipa yeah it was a new can release something they just shapes. put out and uh i was like you know i haven't heard had that one but i loved everything i've had from uh abc so far you know good stuff and i actually tagged tavor in patterns. the post patterns shapes patterns you know mm-hmm. cacao <laughs> cacao <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but you know and they're like oh pretty cool but yeah they're good stuff everything we've had from anchorage brewing company has been absolutely stellar 
So, you know, it's cool to have a company, an app like Tavor, where you can go in and you can kind of swipe left, swipe right, whatever you like on any of the Yeah, uh, it's like Tinder for beer. Yeah, there's a bunch of different options available to you. You can buy one. You can buy – usually they'll put a limit of anywhere from four, six, sometimes 12, um, depending on the, you know, the release. But you can at least get a handful of them to kind of try out. Yeah, and you know, my it's funny because I don't have a Tavor account. My wife does, mm-hmm. and uh, which is the best way to do it, right? Yeah, and and yeah. Cause she'll get, look get at it. Somebody else's card on there, right? Yeah, um, but she she's like you know she likes a lot of the ciders and that kind of stuff. So she's like she's starting to get into some of the sours and yeah. So I'm like you you go through and get whatever you want, and every once in a while I'll turn around and her phone will be sitting on the counter, and she'll be like, <laughs> we we got. In the last crate we got, we got a couple of sours that Bridget had, and they were all phenomenal. Yeah. I even had the one. The one was the Anchorage Brewing. It's called the Experiment, maybe? Excuse me. Brewed with Alaskan blueberries. Oh, yeah? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and I tell you, every, you know, it's, it's a great way to really kind of expand on, uh, you know, your local varieties because, you know, when they, again, they, they kind of look at where you're from. And they give you options from outside of your local range, so you can try stuff from Anchorage Brewing Company. Right. You can try stuff from, uh, you know, uh, out of Oregon, Texas, California. Yeah, Oregon's huge right now. <clears throat> yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of places where you just not you're not going to be able to find them at your local uh, convenient, your local Wegmans or your local beer joint. Yeah. You know, you're not going to find them there. <clears throat> so it's a great opportunity to kind of s- spread out a little bit and find out uh, what you got and. Uh, Sons of the Hunt actually has a really cool little discount uh, link. Yeah, we'll we'll post that. Um, the the it's just a link, and it will uh, it'll give you twenty five no ten dollars off after you spend twenty five. Yep, ten dollars off twenty five. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think. But uh, I'll give you the link. I'll I'll post it, and uh, all you do is clink clink it, clink clink the lick. Eleven percent dragon's milk. That's it. Clink the link and. Uh, <laughs> You'll get your discount. It's awesome. Sweet <laughs> way to go. All right. Enough is enough. You know, we in the first half of the podcast, when we were doing the live segment, somebody asked if, we, if we're a beer-tasting podcast. Or a hunting podcast. Yeah, or yeah, Or a hunting yeah. podcast, yeah. but we're going to go hunting all over you right now. I'm telling you. So we've got <clears> – <throat> today is October 19th. <laughs> Just got body checked. Oscars just <laughs> jumping on Jay. Oh, he's so awesome. Today is October 19th, and uh, that means everyone is gearing up for the rut. Mm-hmm. It's it's about to happen. You know, we've got bucks sniffing around. Um, and something that we've never – I don't want to say that we've never done, but, you know, we never wanted to be the uh, – this, the whitetail strategy podcast because right. there's only like 10,000 of those podcasts mm-hmm. out yeah, there. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there. So some t- good ones too. There's actually some really good ones. Oh out yeah, there. I mean there there's a plethora plethora of information mm-hmm. out there if uh, if that's what you're looking for, but that's... today we're going to throw our hat in the ring and uh, give you our two cents because, you know, we both killed buck in Pennsylvania with the bow and uh We'll just tell you how how we do it and how we've gone about it, and uh, that's really all all we can do. You know, we're not going to be any kind of authority on 
anything really. I mean, no, I mean, this is all, this is just opinion. We're just two regular guys with microphones. That's it. So that's we it. could we could tell you what we do, and you could either choose to apply it to your situation or not, and it doesn't really matter. You could laugh at us with your uh, latest Tabor. Oh purchase. yeah, I mean, I know I I, <laughs> I do a lot of you know unorthodox things. I think as far as you know whitetail hunting goes with the bow you know but that's just how it goes um the I, I i don't even know where we would start it's just i guess i don't know what I, we were talking earlier and i i pretty much classified myself as a field hunter yeah i have a couple stands in deeper woods and like mountain properties but very limited sits in those stands mm-hmm. For the most part, I've got. I concentrate on it's. It's an eighty-two acre farm, forty-four acres of field. Yeah. So. That's a lot of guesswork going into those sand sets. And and that, that field <clears throat> is, an octolateral. I don't know yeah, what right. you know. It just it's the weirdest shape ever. It's got turns and you know dog leg left and it's it's just it's all over the place so i mean you've got all these different corners and nooks and crannies of this field and it really turns into well, well what it's turned into for me is looking at the um the hunt stand app every time i'm thinking about going and seeing which direction that wind's going to be playing that day right right because i mean you've got so many different corners and like i said this this piece of property it's just overrun with deer, tons of doe. It's like they come out every single corner. So you just got to pick the right corner and have a couple mm-hmm. stands set up. And the the one corner of the field has a, has a good apple tree that usually provides. And uh, it seems like there's always scrapes in that corner. Right. So that's kind of where I concentrate during the rut. And I, I've been concentrating there uh, early season because I've I had early season buck on it this year. But, you know, there's – once the rut starts, you know, I, I'm starting to realize, and I never really did before, that I am heavily, heavily an advocate of mock scrapes. Yeah. I think I do it more than anybody I know, I would say. And I have a go-to product that I use, and I've never talked to this company. I, I don't know anyone there. I'm not getting paid to say this. It's – uh the Magnum dripper, the Magnum scraper. Yep. It, look, it oh, almost I've looks like a bag. It. Yeah, I know exactly what it is. It's uh, and I use Active Scrape. I'll use Active Scrape in it up until uh, Oscar just you know. There's <laughs> one more thing to derail us until he can get out of here because it sounds like Bridget might have just walked in the door. So hopefully she'll take him upstairs. He think I think he knows she's here. Yeah, he definitely does. But uh. Anyway, yeah. So, Active Scrape, huge, huge product. I've, I always have a response with it. Right. Yeah. I'm. I, I've. I've had a couple of failures. I'm still trying to hone my uh, mock scrape uh, abilities. So, uh, I tried three different ones this year, and not a single one took. So, but it's something I'm. I'm. It's kind of new to me. I'm not. I've never really uh, used them in the past uh, <clears throat> successfully. So, you know, I'm going to keep on trying it. But I think that's going to be the way to go. Because I know you've had success with it in the past, and I've seen you, you know, use it a few times. So I'm thinking that, uh, you know, that's probably going to be the way to go uh, as far as a, a really good tool. 
Um, and was it the Hunt Hunt app? That you Hunt use? stand. Hunt stand yeah. app. I've, I've seen that one before. Never used it. Um, those are awesome tools. Hunt stand. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that Hunt stand is as popular as a couple of the other ones that are out right now. Yeah, I use Scout Look. Um, yeah, I but don't it does know. a similar thing. You know what I mean? It tells you what the wind direction is going to be at a certain day, a certain time. Um, you can mark. You know, I found a scrape here. I found bedding here. This yeah, is where does, my stand is. This hunt is stand does my, all that. It's the same thing. I had hunt stand on my phone for a while because um, I have a friend of mine that we actually share an account because we hunt similar spots. Oh, that's cool. Um, so we just use the same account. And uh, I'm like, hey, this is not going to be on this spot. You go to that spot. Or let's check the wind in this spot and we'll go there. Uh, so it helps us plan uh, a little bit more in advance. And, again, you know, we, we just use these and we use them successfully. So it has nothing to do with, like, uh, you know, we don't get – paid for any of these we don't have any deals with these guys it's just a great tool whether it's yeah you know hunt stand or you know scout look it doesn't really matter onyx is a great one <clears throat> that's a paid app but man it's got a tremendous amount of tools yeah yeah um, and it, that that i think that that app comes in handy as far as like property lines go absolutely i mean i, I actually uh posted a property for uh a woman i hung her property i went and posted the whole property for it and i went and got the free trial of that app just oh, to yeah. do that get 30 days free or whatever and because honestly i had no use for all the other features that came with it so i did that and i got the property line and i was able to gps myself right along the property line all the way around and posted that property piece of cake nice um so stuff like that awesome if you're going to go out to say go on a a, do a diy hunt in wyoming or something like that oh yeah you would need need it i don't know how people did that prior um a lot of work and paper and maps, maps and, and stuff I'm, yeah. I'm i still have uh a compass no a, a compass yeah <laughs> actually it's in my smartphone so how you like them apples yeah. um, but no i like a big huge atlas like a map of the state i still have it in my truck because that's how me and my buddy frank used to get around mm-hmm. we figure out approximately where we are what senior route we're on and we'd figure it out okay let's go this way um so fortunately I, I i learned how to do that because if my cell phone dies well i still know how to get myself home if i make a wrong turn you right know? Um, but yeah, these apps are just tremendous tools for that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and that's what it comes down to when you're getting this time of year, man, you're stacking the ads in your favor. So if it's a, a cell phone app, uh, you know, a digital compass, a, yeah. uh, a scrape dripper, you know, um, it's just, you know, if you can kind of stack the ads in your favor because they just go nuts. Once mm-hmm. the rut hits, there's no rhyme or reason. They're not really patternable really very easily to what I found anyhow. Um, so yeah, if you can stack the odds a little bit and you yeah. get yourself a, a mock scrape in an area where you know you're going to have a better opportunity if they're going to come to check that scrape, you don't have to put your stand and find the scrape. Right, and I think that that was kind of always my thought process with the mock scrape. I mean, it, it started as something where I was like, all right, it's just going to draw them in. I can get them in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. And then the more I thought about it, you know, if you could make that scrape to like pretty much develop a community scrape where a yeah. couple different bucks are hitting. And then once you bring in the active scrape, then it's like introducing another buck to that area mm-hmm. where, that the most mature deer in the area or any of them, they're going to be looking for that deer yeah. because they don't know that. Right. And I think that that, that was, that's the thing that kind of always, you know, piques my, my curiosity if that really worked. Cause it, from everything I've seen, it does. I, I have, I don't know, remember the last mock scrape I set up that I didn't get a deer to hit. And, and like we said recently, I've, I've been I've been starting to use my own urine in them, mm-hmm. and that seems to work good too. I 
You know, it's, it's I tried that in one, and I tried um, it's I don't think it's like a over the counter just scrape starter. Yeah, deal, you know what I mean. And I used that in two of them, and I and I peed in one, and I haven't seen any activity on any of the three. But I mean, it could be location. And again, I found out there's other people on the property now that I was unaware of. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Yeah, there's variables. There's always going to be variables. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, do you so do you put yours like right? You run those mock scrapes right along the field edge in the field, like on how do you? I have the... I have one that's along the field. A lot of times, you know. I, the properties that I hunt now, I, I know where deer are going to be during the rut. Mm-hmm. I know where where the, most of their breeding grounds are. And I know where they're going to be making scrapes. So usually I'll put one somewhere in that vicinity. And, it's, and I've had good luck with hanging drippers over scrapes that have already been made. But I think I have more luck when I hang one close to a scrape that is already there yeah, and make you. my own. Because then I think that you're kind of communicating with that deer, like, all right, there's another deer here. You know, you're you're challenging him. Right, right, right. And I think that that's where I usually end up getting the most, uh, the most action. Mm-hmm. And I I just find the whole, the whole idea of scrapes just fascinating. I, I mean, no one really understands them, truly, as far as I've seen. You know, there's been countless studies done, and I and I've read most of them, where they they say that buck are communicating with doe and and it's just different ways for them to communicate with other buck and it that's just it no one knows and it's that that you know there's that little bit of mystery there we do know that if there's a mature buck cruising that area and he's going to come by you there's a good chance that he's going to stop at that scrape so so yeah i've always been obsessed with scrapes and since i started filming it just became the perfect uh, distraction, right, right, pretty much for them. So if, if a buck's going to come by one of my stands during the rut, there's going to be a scrape there, sure, and he's going to go to it, right, right. And you know, that's a great, that's a great way to yeah. go about it. You know, I, I, I usually concentrate on transitions, depending on where he is. I mean, you get, you get it's about adapting to the property you're, you have access to, because not everybody has a field edge available to them. Not everybody has a deep woods spot available to them. So it all depends on you know what you've got available to you. Some people have ten acres. Some people have 800 acres. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you kind of got to adapt to what you have. Uh, you do the best with what you got, as they say. Um, but, you know, the the one, I like field edges too. I kind of cut my teeth doing that and trying mm-hmm. to figure out. Because when you're on a field edge, you can really see where the deer are moving. It's almost uh, acts as a observation as well. Right. Uh, so you can really see a lot of what's going on out there. You say, okay, well, I'm in this spot now, but all the deer seem to be coming out every time I'm in this stand. And that's, yeah, you know? and I, and that's another big thing. During the rut, hunting on a field edge, you hunt a, a good-sized field in the morning during the rut, there, there's a really good chance that you're going to see a buck cruising through there. Right. You know what I mean? And, and if during the rut, if you see him, you're going to pretty much be able to... Get to, a, get, to call to him yeah sure you know? this draws attention but uh yeah you know I, I like the transitions like if they're coming up out of the, out of a swamp bottom to a field yeah. edge you know that's that's kind of what i kind of focus on and again right it's just trying to uh nail down where they're going to come up you know what i mean because mm-hmm. again I've, I've we've talked about spots that i look at you know there's a great spot for a rifle because it's so wide open you right. don't know exactly where they're going to come up but then there's all pinch points where you can pretty much dial them in and say, okay, this is where they're going to come up from the bottom. And uh, you could kind of narrow it down a little bit. Right. Um, you know, and right now, like the other day, I was hunting a, a transition area where they come out through the cornfields. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I was sitting 
30 yards from the edge of the cornfield, they're moving 20 to 25 yards in between me and that cornfield going out to feed. There's like a little spot of like a clover area um, out outside the corn. So, you know, if you have the opportunity to get on a, a food plot or something like that, well, you know, the dough are going to be there. And you're a little saying, if the dough are going to be there, come rot the buck will yeah. be there. Um, so those transition areas I've always found uh, to be pretty interesting. And they get offered me some success in the past. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there's a thousand different strategies. Oh, there during, is. During and, that's, the rut, and that's, again, you know? that's usually why we try to avoid, <laughs> not avoid, but just kind of stray away from this type yeah, of topic. Yeah, I mean, because we, we could we could probably have done, what are we on, 16 now? Yeah, we probably we, could have done eight or nine episodes yeah, just on strategy. Just on whitetail strategy yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you could, you know try to hunt downwind of bedding areas and, and catch a deer just scent checking and mm-hmm. well, this could go on and find on. a bench find the oak trees if they're still dropping find the food i, I always it. you know whenever somebody asks me though the the most simple thing that i tell them is find rubs and scrapes hunt in that area mm-hmm. during the first week of november That's it. they're, they're gonna, gonna see you there eventually and and you know the the one thing that people uh I think take for granted is that if you find an area you, you can wh- wh- where there's some rubs if you could find old rubs and then you could find what looks like a newer rub in the same area then I mean you're almost there's there's a very good chance that you're onto a buck that's at least 2 years old yep you know it's a, almost a carbon copy of last year they will do they will use the same areas mm-hmm. year after year and and a lot of times, if you kill a nice buck in in a certain area, there's a good chance that another one's going to move in there because that deer was able to utilize that area, get to the age that he did, and then you know, obviously he came to some kind of end. But the next deer is going to move in there and do the and exact it. same thing and use it that piece of property in the exact same way. And a lot of those deer, their their territories are going to overlap. Uh, mm-hmm. for sure so you know you have one that you're focused on he may stray over a you know a property line and get killed by the neighbor yeah but that's not to say that the guy the, the buck that's cruising his property is not going to cruise in front of you because right. that buck's gone yep. you know and they all kind of fill those voids um so yeah i mean it, it, i guess the, the takeaway would be just adapt to what you've got you yeah. know what i mean because one one statistic or one trick or you know whatever it's not going to work for everybody no so you just kind of kind of have to figure out what you're working with and then go from there. I mean, yep. there's some properties I've hunted in the past where I'd be lucky to see a buck all season. Right. So I got to change my focus and go, okay, well, how many doe can I take off this property? You know what right. I mean? How many doe tags can I apply for? Right. And that's where and, and that's where I kind of count my chickens. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm going to focus on doe and I'm going to focus on movement and find where they're moving through the trails, what have you. And that's what that's going to be my goal for there. If I get a buck come through, hey, man, lucky me. But there's other properties where I'm like, okay, there's doe coming out my ears on this property. So let's see if we can maybe focus it on filling my buck tag this year. And, you know, you start to look again what you have available to you, and then you kind of change up your strategy to kind of suit the, the property that you're on. So, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a tough conversation to have yeah. because there it, it can really get deep. Um, but, you know, you want to outline, okay, we have field edge, and this is our tactic. You're on an apple orchard, this is the tactic. You're in uh you know, big woods hunting, here's your tactic. I mean, that's, you know, that's three episodes right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, there's there's really only so much you could talk about, but, I mean, at the, at the same, in the same breath, there's a lot. 
You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. But we know, but that's what we do. Yeah. When we hunt. So, I mean, it would yeah. be silly for us to not at least talk yeah. a little bit about it. I mean, yeah. And the, I, I guess the one thing that I, I could say, um, if I had to add to the, the mock scrape conversation is that I have that one mock scrape that, uh, it, it's that the one on the field edge and, um, in one of the segments of two, the, uh, it ended with a buck that hit that one scrape yeah. and he was up on his hind legs. And he, I mean, that was a four and a half, five and a half year old deer. And I never saw that deer before and never saw him again. Yeah. There was that, uh, old, old yep. 10 point with that gonna, thick rack. Him, yeah. Saw him once. That was it. No, I, I never saw him right, technically, saw him but he the... hit that scrape um, a few years back. There was a, a nice eight pointer, a nice solid eight pointer. I, maybe I could dig up the picture of him. He hit that scrape. Never saw him again. Mm-hmm. That scrape, for some reason, on that field edge, seems to be the one that gets hit by that wanderer deer every year for some reason, and I don't know why. Maybe he just—that's the same field that that. Uh, that deer that I killed, that 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 nice one on that farm that scored 140, yeah. he was going right through the middle of that field too. And I just happened to see him and catch him clash the antlers, and he came in. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been the same deal. You know, he might have just been cruising through there. And, and that's it. They see they Sometimes they see things way differently than we do. So we can sit there and look at a topographic map and just be like, I'm not seeing it. I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. But they see it. They don't have topographic maps. Nope, they just go like, off of what they smell. This is the what they shortest notice. way from here to that That's smell. It. So there may make be some sort of consistent feature there where these bucks that are overlapping from other areas are just kind of traveling through and go, well, I'm going to go check this direction out. Right. And that just swoops them right through your zone, you know? Yeah. So who knows? I mean, they're so, man, they're so interesting. Yep. So and, interesting. and I'll tell you what, that stand hunting in that corner, that was the one that I hit that one two years ago out of i i hit one there what was it 2012 or something like that Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of big deer out of that stand but again that stand is hard to hunt because of the wind the typical wind in that area is usually kind of drifting right out into that field Mm -hmm. that's tough that's tough you gotta get it perfect it's it really is you you can't just hunt that any any day like even like that was the stand i was hunting the first day that i had that three and a half year old pretty close and the wind kind of just swirled for a, a minute, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's why I didn't end up getting a shot at that deer. But I don't know. What are you going to do? It, it, it's, it's a tough spot, and maybe that's why they, they like it. Maybe, you know? yeah. They could stay alert there. They they know what's going on. Well, that's it. A lot of deer will bet on a hill facing into the wind so they can see what's up. Yeah. You know? So if yeah. they're coming into that field with the wind in their face and they can see what's up, I mean, maybe that's kind of what then tracks them that direction. But, yeah. you know, it, it's a survival thing for them. It's I hate to call it a hobby for us, but it's not a survival thing for us. Right, I mean? it's, right. It's live or die for them. So, but we'd probably be better at it if it was, though, right? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I sure shall would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> or we wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, you know, I have to start reverting back to my old Indian name, vegetarian. Because <laughs> uh, I am sucking right now, man. Trying to put some meat in the freezer. But. I'm with you, and you know, I I hate to shoot a doe getting into later november or mm. not november later october yep i'm usually done with my doe tags by now yeah or if i haven't shot one i'll save one for the rifle just to, you know yep so i take it out and still remember that i you know know how to shoot a rifle right right 
But well, uh, that's, a, that's a whole fun thing in itself, you know. You know, my my opinion on that was always, let's take out a dough before she gets bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that you know there's a thousand thousand people out there that have a differing opinion. Some people don't even think you should be shooting dough at all. No, I I get it. But I mean, I I think that you know you might as well take her out before she gets bread. And then there's the 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 guy who's saying. No, leave that dough around for the rut. But it, I think in in the situation up there, there's just so many dough. Well, that's it. You know, it, that comes right back around to management. You know, like we were talking earlier with the coyote. You know what I mean? They, you got to look at your you got to look at your area. If yeah. you're if there's not a lot of dough in the area, well, even though you've got a, a dough tag or two in your pocket, maybe you, you want to let them go and yeah. focus on trying to fill your buck tag that year. But if you've got a spot that's obviously, you know, loaded down with dough. You really got to do a, a service to the to the herd and take a few out. Otherwise, I mean, because these cold winters are coming, man. Yeah. You know, it's we've we, the last probably five or six years have probably been some of the worst on record. Yeah. And that's all in a row. Like we've had some really killer seasons here uh, with these winters. So they're going to eventually run out of food. Yeah. And you don't want to see that for these animals. No. No. So that's, you got to kind of thin them out, man. Just like you know, there's too many coyotes. Well, they're going to hurt the your herd they're gonna hurt the turkey population they're gonna hurt ground nesting birds they're you know there's a lot of things that are non-huntable species that they're still gonna have an impact on yeah but as you know kind of stewards we got to do our part to make sure we kind of keep those numbers as balanced as possible those poor yipping coyotes i know right they hate it when you wily put an an arrow right through the middle of them (laughs) yeah they're not usually fond of that type of activity they cry but it's you know it has to be done man yeah but you know, it's that it's getting to that time of year, and I'm just getting excited. Yeah, I'm, I know, I know. I th- I think the next week or two, I'm not even gonna bother going. I'm just gonna focus on getting my honeydew list done, and uh, you know, tackle a couple projects around the house so that when it does get good, I don't have to flip a coin under which day I'm gonna hunt. You know. Yeah, and uh, like I, I I think I said in the first part of the podcast, I'm not really. Uh, I, d- I don't think I'm going to hunt first thing in the morning. If we have some showers, I don't want to compromise any of my camera gear or anything like that. I, I just want to be ready for those, you those, know, those days off that I have coming it, to me. Yeah. So tomorrow morning I might sneak out. I'll take the bow. I'm probably going to switch some cards. I have a couple drippers that I'm going to hang, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to kind of, you know, <laughs> move those chest pieces and be ready to go. I, I have a couple new stands here I might go hang. Hang one or two and well, if it's not too bad, to take go. the bow, throw a GoPro on it, and go do some still hunting. Yeah, you know? well, you know, I, I I've been having this debate with myself all well for this first half of the season, you know, because I haven't been able to get in, in, out into the stand before the deer are out, you know, with getting out of work at the at a certain time or whatever. Today I made an effort to do it, and the deer just didn't cooperate. But yeah. I, I, I would like to start hunting from the ground more. I, I've I've had a blast taking, you know, my buddy out and w- with his crossbow and it's it's a lot of fun hunting from the ground and the last time we went out I could have shot it. I hit, we had a deer at I don't know, thirty five or thirty six and, and I would I would have taken the shot but you know, I, I wanted him to shoot. I right thinking maybe the deer would get closer, but I was having a blast from the ground, you know. And, it is, it's fun. And uh I don't, maybe, I don't know, I've got a lot of stuff going on this week, but we'll see. Maybe I'll 
try to get out. I, I I would love to take a doe from the ground and be able to film it, but that's tricky, man. You know, I I've been playing around with different ideas in my head on how to do it, and I I know they have these new monopods that almost have like a, a tripod foot on them, but I don't know how stable they are. Like if you could yeah. just put them down and like plant them and if then you get they, a nice level flat ground yeah it's never it's never gonna work <laughs> i i almost want to invent invent something that's like hydraulic that you can put it down and it will kind of level itself or, yeah. or it'll put more pressure to stand itself up gotcha it's so hard it's really difficult it's hard enough to harvest one from the ground never mind film yourself harvesting from the ground i I feel really confident that if I just walked out with my bow one of these afternoons and didn't take a camera, mm-hmm. I could go shoot a doe at this property, right. no problem. Trying to carry the tripod with the camera on it and my bow in the other hand and try to be stealthy with that, yeah. that's, it's next it's to impossible. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But, I mean, when I, when I hunt uh, public land, I usually hunt from the ground. If I'm going to go hit a piece of public, because you can't really go in there. I'm not going to try and hang a stand on public ground and then come back and it's gone. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm done with climbers. Um, I, just, I just can't deal with climbers anymore. I, I used a climber last year, and that was probably my last time. I just struggled with it. You know The what idea I mean? of the climber terrifies me. At it. Well, you know, I always had success with it. And I mean, the reason I loved it is because you're so mobile. You didn't have to rely on a set. You'd walk in and be like, okay, well, this is where I was planning on hunting, but... You know, all the activities 50 yards that way. So yeah. you can move 50 yards that way easily. Um, but, you know, there's pros and cons. You know, you got to have the right tree. You know, you, you got to have a branchless tree to climb up. So it's tricky if you get into some conifers, you're not climbing a tree. In there. Yeah. Uh, so I've it, been, it has its pros and cons, you know. This is like a two-year internal debate for me, how I want to do this. Because I, w- I want to become a more mobile hunter. But with the camera gear, it makes it very difficult. Sure. And I don't like the idea of a climber because of what you just said with, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have any branches on the tree. That's it. So, so, you, so you go up 20 feet, you're sitting, in, you're wide open. Yep. All the, all the stands I set, you know, if it's not multiple trunks and I've got branches or I've got something that breaks me up, I'm not just hanging a, a stand on a straight tree. Yep. No, I don't I know. think I've ever done it. I have. In fact, I have one of the trees I, I have uh, standing right now. It's just, Now, granted, there's another tree next to it, so it kind of adds a little bit of breakup. Right. But I'm definitely right on the trunk of a tree, but that was the best tree I could find in the area that I wanted to hunt. Right. And that's another trick when it comes to, you know, using your location the best you can. Because right. You, you might find a spot, you're like, great, I got scrapes and rubs all over the place, but nothing but saplings. Yeah. So now you're like, okay, well, where are they coming from to get to this area? Can I get a tree stand there? You know what I mean? So it becomes very tricky. Um, but yeah, I, you got to kind of, because you, you are going to, you're going to stick up like a sore thumb. I mean, there's been times where I was up in the tree with my climber and a doe would walk through and all of a sudden, whoo, eyes right on me. Yeah. It's like you're, it's you're like, just whoo. giant mass on, yeah, on a straight tree. Out of the tree. Yeah. They've been through that, that trail a hundred times and never saw me hanging out of that tree. And all of a sudden there's some big ugly bird outside <laughs> this tree. I've been, yeah, I mean, I've been looking at a couple different options. I've been thinking about the lone wolf with the sticks. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, that looks pretty good. But I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to carry my pack with my camera arm <laughs> That's the base. The and then the stand on my back with the sticks and then my bow. Mm-hmm. 
It's not going to happen. Well, that's and I, and I have an original old man tree stand, so that thing's like twenty four pounds. Yeah. So I had that, and then I had my pack on the front of my chest with my camera gear and my arm and my bow, and it, I was so uh, such a sweaty mess. Yeah. By the time I got to where I was going, it was it was just not. Do good. that a couple of times. You look like Cam Haynes. I know, right? Well, that's the thing. So you really got to kind of figure out, you know, what your goals are going to be because you have you're going to have to approach it, you know, appropriately. Uh, whether you want a climber, well, then, you know, if you're not filming your hunts, a climber might be a great idea for you, you know, especially if you're you're in an area where you're not going to have to climb a conifer or right. you're not going to have to climb, you know, uh, a willow or something like that where you're going to have a really short base and a bunch of branches. You know, if you're going to go get an oak tree or, you know, a cherry or something like that and you got about 15, 20 feet of straight trunk before you even hit a branch, well, great. That's a great option for you. Yeah. Um, otherwise... You're going to be walking around for a long time, and the sun's going to be up, and you're going to be like, where the hell am I going to? And you're going to have sitting on top of that thing on the ground, <laughs> waiting for yeah. the deer to come by. Yeah. So it's just you know you got to be able to be flexible, but you got to be realistic with the you know the property you have. Yeah. You have any kind of chance of success? I mean, I, I've gone through I think every option that I could, like thinking about it. Like maybe I should go in and pick the tree that I want. You know, and then be able to go in and set myself up and then take it down. Just so I have that one stand mm-hmm. that packs up and I can take with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's one thing to hang the stand and then just pull the, the, the tree the steps, steps off. Up, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I've been looking at, um, it's a new company called XOP. Yeah, have you heard, yep. You've heard of them? Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's the guy that used to own Lone Wolf. Okay. And they make a pack now that integrates with the stand so it has straps that hook oh, right on the stand time. yeah i mean i don't i don't know where that's been like that yeah really so i'm thinking about something like that because i mean it looks just like a lone wolf it's just as light climbing sticks yeah. te- like integrate and hook right onto it so i'm thinking that might work for me and then i started thinking all right well maybe it's time to upgrade the the tree arm maybe i need to go with something lighter and maybe I need to go with a lighter fluid head. I carry probably one of the heaviest fluid heads. Yeah, that's a big head, man. I mean, it's just solid, and it looks like it's made of lead. I don't, I don't even know, but <laughs> it feels well, it's stable. It feel well. That's the thing. It's the smoothest yeah. shot for me, and it, it produces the best footage. Sure. I think you know, it's it, like I could actually get some some panning shots in the tree with it. Mm-hmm. Also, it's really bouncy on that that arm, though. So, I mean, there's. There's more to think about that I that most people probably don't care to think about. No, I know. know, I know. Well, when you throw that kind of uh, variable into into play, yeah, man, it creates a lot of a lot of uh, craziness. You know, like okay, well, you have to really plan it out. Like, there's times where I'm like, you know, if if I weren't filming anything, I'd be perfectly prepared. But because I film, I am so unprepared. I'm yeah. so uh, like out of whack. I'm missing stuff, or I forgot a battery. Yeah, that was, or... you know, that was something that I really, I, I would, I wanted to make a, a topic for the podcast. And I, I, well, it's not just that. Like I w- I've been thinking about making a video or doing like a live video of all my gear and everything it takes for me to be totally prepared to go hunting, just so people get that idea. But I just, I haven't really put it together yet. And I, I I don't know we're 
we're going on an hour and 10 minutes now and I, I don't know if I want to get into it right now but right. it it takes a lot you know it, it does it does I mean when you look into you know your scent control I mean that starts you know ahead of time your scouting all that stuff is kind of aside from the fact but it's like what how do you even pack your gear in your pack that's you it know? because yep. you have to be strategic in that regard because like you don't want to put the thing you need first on the bottom of your pack right it's one of those things, you know. So it's, it, it, yeah, that's something that maybe maybe we should cover that. That's a pretty good idea, and yeah. just kind of go over little tips and tricks on, you know, how you prepare. Yeah. Especially when you're going to take camera gear out, you know, we can look at it a little bit without the camera gear. Like, how do you just to go out and hunt? Because you no, know, maybe a, a a percentage of the people who listen to us film, but probably a larger percentage could care less. Yeah. They, they don't. They like watching yeah. it, but they don't want to get into it. They have no interest in doing it themselves. So, you know, they're not going to really care where I put my camera arm mount in my backpack. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, maybe just kind of focusing on like, well, okay, well, this is where I put my call versus this is where I put my tree stand lanyard. You know what I mean? Or my right. tree stand strap. You know? Right. So you kind of have to organize in that regard, but that might not be a bad option. Yeah. Kind of get into. Yeah. And I've been thinking about different packs and all different kind yeah. of things just because of the way, like you said, like the way you, you pack things away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I... if the way I do it is the most efficient. I always, I always think that there's a better way, you yeah. know, but who knows? Well, I, I, when it comes to packs, I have two that I use. I have a lighter and a heavier. So if I'm going to do an all day sit, I have a larger pack that I'm going to bring a lot more stuff. So I can yeah. pack an extra layer if I want to. Um, I don't want to have to walk out to my car to get my, I call it my kill bag, which that might not be a bad topic to talk over mm-hmm. um, uh, as well. Um, but you know, I don't want to have to go get my kill bag. Well, my kill bag's not s- huge, but it's not small either. I have a lot right. of stuff in that that I, that right. I like to keep with me. I, I, I'm almost over prepared with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I keep my kill bag. I keep extra layer of clothes. I keep uh, hand warmers. I mean, because you know, second season archery, I don't want to have a light pack. I want to have everything I need: snacks, yeah. food, water, all that stuff. So I have right. a much larger pack for that. Uh, but for like this time of year, I have a smaller one. Honestly, it's a field line pack. I bought at Walmart for like 19 bucks on sale. Yeah. And it's one of the best packs in regard to the way it's laid out for me. It's awesome. Yeah. And it was cheap. I didn't have to go buy a, you know, a, a $300, $200, $150 pack. Pack pack system or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't need to. I got it at Walmart. Cheap as, cheap as nuts, you know, yeah. so... But my other one was more expensive. Bought it at Cabela's when they first opened down a hamburger. Um, but, you know, it's got a thing where you can strap your bow to it. You can strap your rifle to it. It's got special, like, you know, lanyards for that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't know. I'm all torn about about all of it. I mean, I've got this pack that I'm used to hunting with right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's something better. I, mean, I know that there's something it's better. It's cool. You know? I know which pack you're talking about. And it is a cool pack. It, it's, and it's, but, it's not that, you know, it, it does look like a cool pack, like, Bridget bought that for me. I, I don't know how long ago, but you know, it fits my camera bag, mm-hmm. and then it fits my camera arm, and then it fits the base right on top of that, and then it's got another pouch, and, it's, and then it's got three pouches on the outside that I keep my grunt tube in, my binoculars, my the strap for my sure. my harness, mm-hmm. and then my rangefinder, and then right on top of it, I because it's a drawstring on the top, I tie my antlers right on the top of it. Yep. Everything that I need works. Packs. Mm-hmm. It, but the pack has no frame. Right. It's just a cloth bag. Yep. And I'll tell you what, every once in a while, I'll pack it with the, the base of the camera arm a different way. And that little 
pointy thing will be I right know exactly in my back. What you're talking about, yeah. And it'll be, you know, it'll be the day that I have to walk a mile to the top of the mountain that yeah, it's just poking it. me all the way up there. And that comes you know? down to, you know, the way you have your system set up. But yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be one of those things when you finally commit to one and it's the right one for you. You're going to yeah. be like, how in the hell did I do this before? Yeah. You know? And, and that's why I'm kind of torn right now between the, uh, like, I think it's called the Shadow Pack from XOP. Actually getting into that, I know it's a smaller pack. I don't know. I don't know. And then I see some people have, like, this this whole strap system where they have, like, fanny packs. Like, you, I could probably keep my camera right in that. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people strap their camera arms to the outside of their packs. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I, I could see that being a noise issue. I, I still I have know. a fanny pack that I used to use. Like, I used to use it more for turkey. But, again, it, where it was really handy is when I was carrying a tree stand on my back, my climber. Yeah. That was all I used. was a, It was a very large fanny pack. But, nonetheless, it was enough to where I could keep that in the front of me, put my tree stand, my climber on my back, carry my bow, and I'm in. Yeah. I'm gone. You know what I mean? It was very simple. Um, but I didn't have a lot of room. So it's, it's a sacrifice. You give a little, you get a little. Yeah. It's a compromise. You know what I mean? Now, I'd never be able to fit my camera and all that stuff in there. I mean, I have a camera arm. I have a tripod. I mean, I don't take all that stuff at the same time, but... And that and that's, was actually something I was just about to say. I have to decide how I'm going to hunt before I leave the truck. Right. So if, if I want to go out and I decide, okay, well, I might get into a stock here or something and I need my tripod, well, too bad. You, yeah. I, you, you left it. it. Yep. I, I've been looking at that, that new Benro... Uh, that carbon fiber tripod, which looks really sweet. Oh, yeah. It weighs like nothing. Okay. Which is something I w- I'd like to get into and grab that just so I could take the tripod with me. Because if, if I shoot a deer way up on this mountain, I have to go all the way back yeah. to the truck. I'm going to have to pick up my – I'm definitely going to have to get the tripod, you know. And that's it. You know, the, the tripods are – they're the my tripod is heavy. But the thing is, when I set that up, I can pan, I yeah, can tilt, yeah, great. and it doesn't move. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the weight, it has its advantages until you're carrying it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so Same with that one. a light one like that. So if you're looking at something like one of those carbon fiber ones, you get a Walmart, you can get one for like 40 bucks. That's probably just as light. Now you're not going to get that real sharp, clean pan. But if you're going to stalk on an animal, and you're just going to set that up and put it on and get get out in front of it, you know, you can save yourself a lot of money on something like that. But, you know, it all depends on what you're – what your application is going to be, you know? So it's, again, there's a lot to consider, a lot to consider. Yeah. I don't, so we, we, what do we need to do? Uh, an episode on how we pack our Prep, stuff. Prepping for the hunt type deal. And then we need to do an episode on, on camera equipment. Mm-hmm. And how we and, get, and you know, we bring getting all of our stuff. Yeah. But well, that takes care of 17 <laughs> and 18. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Or 17A and 17B. Who knows? Yeah. We're, we're still missing one, so we're technically back. I, yeah, I, I, well, that's okay. Like, listen, if you guys love, like, uh, really organized. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- this whole episode was just Dressed absolute up. chaos. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun episode. But, yeah, we, we've had our... Uh, our burdens uh to bear through this one trying to figure a couple things out you know we trying to get the the live launched in the beginning you know it, it is what it is man listen like mark said earlier we're just two dudes sitting in front of microphones you just so. heard heard my my phone buzz yeah well that was bridget okay 
texting me and she just said, holy crap, these two are insufferable tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you think? Yeah, they've been fun. They've been fun. You, know, you have a puppy and you have a, yeah. an older dog who's dealing with a puppy. He's supposed to be so. getting better. Oh, he, he's, he's turning into a terror. Yeah, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, I had the same thing. He I had a chocolate, nuts. my chocolate lab skeet. Then my wife wanted a dog. We got a little Carn Terrier mix, and it was the same way. He was a fireball for like seven years, and then he finally started to wind down a little bit. Gotta, so. They got to calm down at some point. <laughs> Let's talk to the vet, see if they have I some love, kind of puppy I love, Xanax. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the little dog, but he is nuts. He's, he's a, a Spitfire, and you know, the thing is, he's going to be a tank. Because he's going to have to keep up with Aldo yeah. all the time. And that was Zeus's thing. Well, I mean, you, you feel him. And he's just all, he, he's already all just lean muscle. Mm-hmm. And he's nuts. I'm he's sure just, Aldo's got a little quickness to him. It's just his breed. He, Aldo? Yeah. Oh, Aldo is fast. Right. So He's the fastest dog I've ever up, had. He's yeah. going to have to try and keep up with that. So he's going to have to work three times as hard. So he's going to be a little tank. It's, it's going to be interesting because they haven't both been out in the yard since Oscar was too small to keep up right right so it'll be interesting because when aldo gets out in the yard and i start playing with him he is just ripping he's fast yeah yeah wait do you see it's going to be cool to see because again i I lived this just a few years ago (laughs) so yeah wait do you start having kids (laughs) one one step at a time let's let's see if we could we could handle the the puppy first without without me strangling him one day But that's going to do it. I think so. That's it for us. We're, I think that the second half was actually pretty enjoyable for people who are getting ready for for to do a little uh, rut hunting. Get a little more intense, yeah. I think rut's on. Yeah, right? Rut's Depending on. you ask. Mike Novick said rut's yeah. on. Yep, Mike. And then he said rut's off, but I think he might have changed his mind and went to rut, rut's, rut's back on. So. I, I, I did see a post today. Yeah, I know exactly full, what you're talking about. Full rut, yep. <laughs> I love I love tagging them in though. Full yeah. rut. I shot shot a buck this morning. Full rut. Full rut. Wow. Gotta love it. Full rut, huh? Yep. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. Good stuff. We're done here. Cacao. Cacao. <laughs> See you next episode. Later. Thanks. Later.